This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week, we look back on a slightly uneventful nil-nil draw at home to Sunderland, but get excited about the prospect of a promotion Easter weekend. This is the Known and Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Known and Ever podcast and football show. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and this week we are looking back on, shall we say, a slightly disappointing nil-nil home draw against Sunderland. I think we've been a little bit spoiled with goals and victories at Turf Moor. Um, but we're getting giddy because this may be the week. We have got a jam-packed Easter weekend fixture for the Clarets. And this could be the one. Results go our way and the Clarets could be promoted back to the Premier League by the time we all speak again. I'm joined this week by resident statistician Dave Statman-Roberts, who's giving us all of the facts and fun things ahead of the first fixture, which is Borough at uh, the Riverside. Dave, good evening. How are we? I'm very well, Natalie. How are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Now, dare we say, without sounding like we've got a little bit spoilt brattish with all of this, that it was a little bit of a disappointment on Friday night. No goals, no three points. The unbeaten run continues, which is, of course, great. We're still top of the league, still very, very clear. But we've come to expect a little bit more from the Clarets. Yeah, it's the first time we haven't scored at uh, Turf Moor this season, which yeah. is a little bit of a, uh, a letdown. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those games, you can't win them all. Um, and on the balance of play, it probably was a fair result. Sunderland came with a game plan. Uh, they executed it fairly well. They kept us to minimal chances, really. Had one of their own came back off the crossbar, so perhaps we were slightly fortunate there as well. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a draw, and as you say, it continues that um, that unbeaten run in the yeah, league. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think it's fair to say that part of that game plan that Sunderland so effectively executed was they blocking, they stopped the pass out of the from the back. They stopped our defenders being able to move forward. And that diagonal pass that we did that's always between the three of them and the pyramid at the back, they just put players in in the places and we couldn't we couldn't move. So we were penned in a little bit at the back. I think that's probably the most effective thing that they did. Um I also think as well we perhaps had a night where our shooting boots weren't quite on us. Uh, one thing I would suggest, I'm not entirely sure that I would have 
started Benson. I think um, when Teller plays with good Munson, um, he just creates a lot more space for him and gives him a bit more freedom. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I thought he get, um, uh, JBG, when he came on, gives a bit more impetus. And perhaps, as you say, if he'd have been on from the start and then you've got Benson coming on later, that yeah. might, have worked, uh, might have worked a little bit better. I think it was a combination of facts. I think we had players who were coming back in. We had Brownell coming back in. Uh, we had Taylor Harwood-Bellis coming back in. And we had Zorori, who's not exactly firing on all cylinders as well. Um, obviously, a lot of these players have come back from uh, internationals as well. Um, and perhaps it was you know, a, a combination of factors, just wasn't our night. And in the end, we, we just had to take the point. Yeah, still a good point. Still a little bit closer to the end goal. And I think, like you say, it's probably fair to say that the season's been done. Uh, we, we've already It's already job done and we're just trying to get over the line now. Um, feels like we've got a little bit reliant on Nathan Teller in terms of our goal scorer, with, with Benson and Zorori not quite up to their usual standards and Barnes being a spectacular provider, but not scoring that many goals himself. Um, even with Obafemi and Foster in the ranks, it still feels like an area we probably need to improve on, Dave. It is, although obviously Lyle Foster wasn't uh, wasn't there, was he? He had passport problems passport and wasn't problem. able to get back, which was uh, mentioned pre-match and uh, was frustrating. We didn't have him as an option to uh, to come on later in the game because that, that might have helped to... To turn it, he obviously he's scored for us now, and he's looking to uh, to to push on, but he wasn't available to play. So we'll have uh, another player available to us this weekend, and uh, well, the two games over the weekend, it's going to be two in quick succession, yeah. and we need to make sure we can uh, improve and uh, the performances because we're going to have to be up to our A game against two of the best sides in the uh, division over the Easter weekend. Yeah, definitely one, two, and three over the weekend, although. But I'm sure we'll come on to this when, when we look at the game. But uh, an alarming defeat, uh, an absolute thumping at Huddersfield, at home to Huddersfield mm-hmm. at the weekend, which is, no, away at Huddersfield, sorry, which was uh, surprising. Um, Sheffield Arsenal may be less bothered about. Um, I think they are uh, off the boil a little bit and they're also now got a bit of breathing space after that Borough results. They maybe won't be as concerned looking over the shoulder um but let, we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute Dave before we have a look at the game itself I think we've got a quiz question that we need to give to our listeners what did you leave our players with listeners uh, yeah last time last time we asked um although no Burnley player has scored a hat-trick against Sunderland in a second tier match at Turf Moor two Burnley players have achieved the feat in top flight matches against the Mackhams but can you name either of them? Uh, Rich actually gave one away. That was Andre Gray, who scored on uh, New Year's Eve 2016, uh, a hat-trick as one of the answers during the last recording. But we needed to know uh, the other player uh, who scored a little bit earlier than that. That was in 1953. Uh, and the player we were looking for was Bill Holden. He scored yeah. in a 5-1 win. That was in April 1953. Ah, I love it. Did we get any correct answers, Dave? I don't think we did. I think that Rich made it harder for everyone because he gave the easier of the two. I was, <laughs> I thought I'll make the questions easy this time, and uh, and people will get that right. And uh, it was it was mentioned in the recording, so the question actually became more difficult than it should have been. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But you know what? We we're allowed to. We, we, he doesn't get to get excited every now and again, so we do let him do that. Excellent. Well, let's move on then to have a look at the game itself. We are, of course, 
away at Middlesbrough. It is a Friday night kickoff at 8 p.m. Um, hilariously, one of many fixtures that are live on Sky at the moment. I think Sky has made sure that um, they are definitely there for when Burnley do get promoted back to the Premier League with a lot of their fixtures. Um, Dave, why don't you start us off, please, with the Championship head-to-head? Yeah, 19 of the 31 seasons we've locked horns with Middlesbrough have been in the top flight, leaving 12 second-tier campaigns. And so with second-tier away game number 12 coming up on Friday evening, we're going to take a look back at the previous 11 away meetings at this level. Two of those matches were prior to World War II and go back even further than that to the start of the 20th century. The two teams played out a goalless draw in April 1901 And then in the following season, Burnley suffered a 3-0 defeat in March 1902, which the Burnley Express described in its headline as Turfites toppled over at Teesside. Bit of alliteration there for you. Mm. Uh, Both of these matches were played at a ground which was known as Linthorpe Road. Uh, We then have to advance the 1970s for our next two away league trips at this level. We failed to win either match. Uh, They were at Ayrson Park which was uh, Borough's ground between 1903 and 1995. In March 1972, the result was settled by an unfortunate own goal from Martin Dobson. And then in November of 1972, Burnley came from behind to earn a point in a thrilling 3-3 draw. Despite Colin Waldron opening the scoring, uh, the Clarets trailed 3-1 with 12 minutes to play after goals from David Mills, Eric McMordy and John Hickton. But after Paul Fletcher had narrowed the deficit, up popped Martin Dobson with a late equaliser in the 87th minute. This was the final match in an unbeaten run of 22 league games, which stretched back to early April 1971. Burnley had won top-flight matches at Ayrson Park in the 1920s, the 1940s and the 1950s. But our one and only league victory there in the second tier was in September 1982. Goals from Martin Dobson, again, Brian Laws, Kevin Young and Billy Hamilton put the Clarets into a four-goal lead before Dave Shearer pulled back a consolation for the home side. The only match in our list from the 1990s, uh, that ended in defeat as John Hendry scored a first-half brace to help the home side to a 2-0 win on the opening day of the season in August 1994. That just leaves five more matches uh, and they all took place this millennium. Four of those games ended in defeat. Uh, They were in September 2010, August 2012, Boxing Day 2013 and December 2015. Uh, The lone victory in this batch of five recent away trips was from the 2011-12 season. So it'll be no surprise to hear that match is being kept back for our memory match feature. Although they aren't in our list, since our last visit at this level in 2015, Burnley visited the Riverside twice more winning an FA Cup third round tie. That was 2-1 in January 2016. And we also drew 0-0 in the Premier League in April 2017. So in summary, Burnley's record for second tier away games at Middlesbrough is played 11, won 2, drawn 2 and lost 7. Burnley have scored 12 goals in these matches compared with 17 for our posts. Lovely. So next feature, we are, of course, bringing in to the podcast that very popular feature which is opposition celebrity fans it's very nice having you on live for this one Dave because you're not always here to record this one with us um did you have fun 
creating Middlesbrough. Before we get on to the actual shortlist, did you have fun creating this particular nugget? I have fun every week with this one. I think it's it's really good because there, there are some weeks where you're really scratching around and you maybe get one or two and then you're thinking, well, you know, am I going to get six? I think every week, I think apart from the first one we did, that was Birmingham City, we managed to get six for everyone, although we've had to stretch it a little bit in certain weeks, as you know, to... Um, yeah. We, we had a, a pie for Middlesbrough, didn't we? We had the, the mascot. But uh, I think th- this week we've got a decent selection. I think we've got a, a good selection of six to, to go at. OK, why don't you start by going through that list then? What came in at number one? OK, well, they're in no particular order, but uh, the first one on our list is uh, Bob Mortimer, uh, comedian and actor, very uh, vocal Middlesbrough fan. I think it, it does help when when there are ones who are very closely associated with the club and they do mention them as opposed to ones sure. where you think, well, they, they're maybe just born there and don't really have much of a um, uh, an association with the club. I think Bob Mortimer is one who does does talk about the the club quite a lot. Uh, the second one on the list is singer Chris Rea. Um, I think he actually did a song when when they got to a cup final. I think Chris Rea, actually with Bob Mortimer, did a. Um, a song, did a cup final song. Really? He's certainly a a celebrity fan of of note. Uh, We then got uh, James Arthur, a singer who was the uh, winner of X Factor back in 2012. Uh, Fourth on our list is actor Stephen Tompkinson. Uh, You may remember him from, among other things, uh, Drop the Dead Donkey. He was also in Ballykiss Angel and also more recently DCI Banks. Uh, another actor, number five, uh, Mark Benton. He's been in various things, uh, Waterloo Road and Early Doors, the comedy, among others. And the sixth and final name on our list is uh, Kirsten O'Brien, who she's a, a TV presenter. She was on uh, CBBC. Yeah, brilliant. Now, you did put this to the team in our uh, group, see whether or not, you could get a decent score out of them. And it, it brought out, so I think it was pretty enthusiastic about this particular. Well, I also think it's a fairer way of doing it as well, rather than just having uh, maybe one or two people on on there. We've, if we actually get everyone's view, we get maybe a wider spread of, uh, of scores and maybe a fairer overall score from that. And I think the, the consensus was probably a, something like a seven, a solid seven. Um, and I, I tend to agree with that. So I'm, I'm going along with the crowd and saying I'm going to give uh, Middlesbrough's uh, celebrity fans 7 out of 10. Well, uh, I am the moderator of this particular feature, Dave, not you. But given that that was universal across the board, who am I to comment? I will allow 7 out of 10 for Middlesbrough. Apart from George. George. George Schmorge. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, moving on then. We um, do have a memory match, I believe, Dave, and you teased us earlier about what you were keeping behind for this one. So why don't you go ahead and talk us through this week's memory match? Yeah, for this week's memory match, we're taking you back to the early part of the twenty of, of 2012. Uh, it was during Eddie Howe's tenure as Burnley manager. Uh, the match took place on Saturday the 14th of January 2012 and was a three o'clock kickoff. Uh, there were 1,213 visiting fans from Burnley in a crowd of just over 17,000 at the Riverside. Borough were managed by Tony Mowbray. Um, He'd spent almost a decade as a player at the club between 1982 and 1991. Uh, But this was, of course, prior to his time as manager at Ewood Park. 
Uh, the Clarets went into an early lead in just the sixth minute from a clever corner routine. Ross Wallace played the ball across. It was dummied by David Edgar and Jay Rodriguez powered in a low shot from 16 yards for the opener. Burnley doubled the lead in the 27th minute when the ball was cleared out of the box to Kieran Trippier, who found the net with a low shot past Connor Ripley from all of 35 yards to make it 2-0. Uh, Connor Ripley, of course, was the son of former Rovers winger Stuart Ripley, uh, and it remained 2-0 to the visiting Clarets at the break. Despite a second-half injury to junior Stanislas, there was no real drama for the remainder of the game as we saw out a comfortable away victory. The win moved Burnley up a place from 11th to 10th, while Borough remained in 4th. With 10 league victories on our travels already this season, we'd love to repeat that result again this time for a club equaling 11th away win. We certainly would. That would be very nice. Uh, well, we do like to give you a bit of a treat here on the podcast. We'd like to listen to our opposition view. This week, we're talking to Johnny from the Borough Breakdown podcast, who's going to give us his thoughts ahead of the game. Hello, guys. Johnny here from the Borough Breakdown podcast. I'm here to give you a preview of Borough's game against Burnley on Good Friday at the Riverside Stadium. Uh, we're just coming off a 4-2 defeat uh, to Huddersfield, Neil Warnock's Huddersfield, and he's got just an unbelievable record against us. He's now won 11 out of his 13 games against us as a manager. Uh, we got Warnocked, and it was the most bizarre game of football I think I've ever seen. Um, but by that result, uh, we have been very good this season, especially the second half uh, of the year since we last played you guys. You know, that turf moon was a couple of games in uh, for Matt and Carrick when we last played you. Um, and that game we combusted as well. So it was a very strange... We have this strange habit all of a sudden where we'll combust in the middle of a game and it's very weird. Um, but in terms of our overall season, uh, we've been really good. You know, it's been a complete change. It's been chalk and cheese uh, since we had Chris Wilder and now Michael Carrick. We've been playing some good football, set up in a 4-2-3-1. Uh, we like to play with width and also have more of a possession based style i'd probably say we're most dangerous on the transition so if we are if you guys if we're turning the ball over from yourselves who would like to have possession based side we are very good uh transitioning and getting forward so it's something to probably to watch out for in terms of players to watch um two is of course going to get the the natural um fame probably from from other supporters and, and the press with his 25 goals in the league this year um but there is a couple of players i probably would like you to keep your eye on marcus force on that right hand side who was knocked in 10 goals this season ryan giles on the left uh at left back um, who's the highest assist in the league has been very very good um, and hayden hackney in midfield just came in um the, from the academy uh since michael carrick came in the building and he's just been brilliant uh so someone to watch out for as well um in terms of predictions for the game it could be anything I, I, to be honest it, it could be, it would be a game where I wouldn't be surprised if Borough won um given that we just lost uh, against Huddersfield and uh, Millsborough a typical Millsborough they always beat the good teams and never beat the bad teams uh, so that could be something that we we do look out for but I've been really impressed with Burner this season uh, what Vinny's done there has been sensational and I've watched a lot of Anderlecht last year and I was really I was concerned to see how he was going to do because, you know, we could never win games uh, if we were 2 and a lot or 3 and a lot. We couldn't, couldn't grind out and it was very strange uh, to watch him. So I was very confused to see how he would do. But 
he's done amazing, hasn't he? You know, he's brought in the right players, a really good young play, uh, young group, and it looks like you guys are just heading towards the Premier League and sailing um, very nicely into the sunset. But guys, uh, I'm going to go with a one-all draw. I think it'll be a really tight game. Both teams want to get on the ball and try to play. Um, it'll be a game of transition, probably. I see whoever beats, who's probably more aggressive on the transition who's more successful there will probably get the three points but i'm going to stick with a one-all draw but thank you very much for having me on guys and take care i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Dave, do you want to give us some referee information, please? Who's going to, which, who's going to be giving an abysmal performance this time? Uh, we've got Darren Bond of Ormskirk. He's going to be travelling up from uh, West Lancashire to Teesside to take charge of the big match on Friday evening. Uh, it'll be the fifth time he's refereed a match involving Burnley. We first saw him for a League Cup tie at Turf Moor against Leeds United in September 2017, in which Burnley were knocked out after a penalty shootout. And the three other matches were all from this season. Uh, they were the 1-1 draw at home to Luton. That was in uh, August. Uh, he also was in charge of the 5-2 defeat to, to Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. And our one and only win with him in charge was the 3-0 victory over Preston North End at Turf Moor in February. Uh, there were no red cards in any of his four previous Burnley matches, although he has dismissed three players so far this season and awarded three penalties in 27 championship matches. Uh, and there's also been one further sending off in one of the three Premier League matches he's taken charge of. Yeah. How are you feeling then ahead of this game? I think we, we talked about this at the beginning of the, the show, Dave. On paper, difficult game. It's going to be away at Middlesbrough, who've had a fantastic season and clawed themselves from what looked like relegation fodder, sacked their manager, brought Michael Carrick in place, and then have been on an incredible run. And up until probably the last week or so, they've been really pushing Sheffield United for that second spot. I suspect that loss at the weekend's probably shut that door to, to a second place. But then they're always capable as well of a really bad blow-up. When they came to us at Turf Moor, we beat them comfortably and of course they got beat last week six was, was it I can't, was it six one four one I can't remember it was a lot anyway um to um Huddersfield so what you know are you feeling comfortable about this are you feeling concerned Where where's your head with all of this um, I don't think we can feel too concerned because you know whatever happens, I think it's it's a matter of time before we uh, we get the points that we need or other teams drop points. Uh, but we'd like to do it in style. We'd like to go to these matches, and they are two two big matches, starting with this one at Middlesbrough, um, and get two really good results. If we can do that, and I know we are relying on other results going elsewhere to confirm promotion on Friday, which would be perhaps a a stretch. 
Um, and it wouldn't be too disappointing if it went into Monday. But we want to win our games. We want we want to get a good result against Middlesbrough, and then we want to get revenge against Sheffield United on on Monday. So I think we're more than capable of doing it. We've shown we've gone away in in games where we've not been expected to to win. Um, but we don't fear anyone, home or away. Um, no, we have got, true. We have got the players who can unlock defenses, and and we we do score goals for fun. So um, I think it should be an enter- entertaining game. And I'm hopeful that we can uh, we can get the right result at Middlesbrough. What do you think that result will be? Um, I don't think we'll run away with it. I think it'll be close, but I'm going to go for a two-one away win. Burnley to win two-one. Ooh, who's going to score? Oh, uh, now you're asking. I think we might have Josh Brownhill might get one. I think. Oh, that's interesting. Nathan Teller with the other. Oh, and you do think we're going to concede? Who do I think is going to concede? You do, you do think we're going to I concede, do think we're going to concede yeah, two, two, one, yeah. In that frame of mind, I was quite, I was quite surprised to see Taylor Harwood Bellis back in the squad. I thought perhaps would have been brought in a little bit easier. What do you do at the weekend? Do you stick with him or do you try and bring Ekdal back? Um. I think, if anything, with another uh, week's training in between, I think the benefit we've had is we've got the full week, haven't we, between the two Friday games. I know we have got two matches coming very quickly. We've got the, the Friday and the Monday. Um, I'm not sure we're necessarily going to rest players on on Friday for, for Monday, although depending on the result on Friday, it may well be there are one or two fresh faces coming in for Monday's game with it being so hot on the heels of the uh, the Good Friday game. But... Yeah, I think it'll be a case of possibly same as on um, on Friday. Okay, that's exciting stuff. Um, I think I'm going to go with a 2-0 win. Um, I think we will keep a clean sheet. Um, I like the idea of Teller and Brownell scoring, um, but I think we're going to keep a clean sheet. Listeners, you know how to let us know what your score prediction is going to be. You can tweet us, you can leave a comment on our Facebook page, or you can email us at previewshow at northernever.net. Um, big weekend, Dave, of course, because why don't you explain to our listeners what the permutations are for promotion this weekend? Uh, well, if I understand it right, we are reliant on Luton not winning in the uh, their game, which kicks off earlier. If they fail to win and we beat Middlesbrough, then we are our promotion is confirmed. That's the uh, the, the permutations. I think the main permutation for yeah. for Friday, um, and then obviously we just need to 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 push on after that. And obviously we've got a, another big game coming up against Sheffield United. But I don't think we'll be we'll not be we'll not be looking at that too much. I think the players we focused on the game. It, it's 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 the game against Middlesbrough. You've got to beat the opposition in front of you, regardless of what's happened earlier in the day. We'll be going out with very much the same game plan. I don't think um, Vincent Company will have the team set up any different or change anything, depending on what's happened earlier on in the day. Did you expect it to be this easy, Dave? Going back to the Premier League, I don't think anyone did. I I think (laughs) there there, there was hopes that yes, you've come down. I think there there was always concerns, weren't there, with the number of players we brought in. Um, but when we saw how they played at Huddersfield on the opening yeah. day, so the first half, it was like, you know, wow, this this is something special. And then it kind of tailed off a little bit because, you know, we weren't quite getting the results we wanted to. We were conceding late goals, we getting a lot of draws. So probably six games in, it was kind of 
yeah, this is this is okay. And then suddenly it built from there. It's it's built ever since, hasn't it? And it's just been an incredible season. Yeah, definitely. Um, exciting. Well, I don't know. Let's let's not talk too much about promotion because number one, Charlotte will absolutely kill me for jinxing it because she thinks I'm a massive jinx. But also, let's save that for the promotion party because um, we're going to enjoy that one. Um, why don't you instead let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week, please? Yes, we do have a stat of the week. Uh, Burnley haven't played a match on Good Friday for nine years. Uh, that was back in 2014. Uh, when Michael Kiteley's goal sealed a 1-0 away win against Blackpool at Bloomfield Road, as the Clarets took another vital step closer to promotion back to the Premier League. In total, Burnley have played 63 competitive matches on this particular public holiday, with wins in 29 of those games. In fact, Burnley have only lost once on Good Friday in the last 13 matches played since 1958, during that time, the Clouds have won 10, drawn two and lost just once, which is a 1-0 away defeat at Wrexham in 1980. Let's hope that we can continue that promising sequence of results with a victory at the Riverside on Friday evening. Yeah, definitely. Good stat, Dave. Well, we are going to leave our uh, preview there. We are going to also skip over the FPL section because... We're in the middle of a double game week, so at the time of recording, so Adam does not have an update for us. So instead, we are going to leave it this week with a quiz question for you and get us all very excited for what will hopefully be the promotion Easter weekend. Dave, what quiz question are you going to give our listeners this week? Well, it's another Good Friday quiz question, and it's a quiz question in three parts. Okay. Part one is, when was the last time Burnley played a match at Turf Moor on Good Friday? Part two, which team did we play? And part three, which player scored the only goal? Excellent. And how do our listeners please submit their answers? Uh, In the usual way, you can email us. If you're that way inclined, you can send an email to previewshow at knownanever.net. You can direct messages at knownanever on Twitter or you can reply to the posts on YouTube or on Facebook. Thank you very much, Dave. And that is all we've got time for. Um, Listeners, we hope that you have had a good week. We hope you're excited about the Easter weekend. Um, Do interact with us on social media. We want to hear your thoughts, especially if that game goes our way in the early kickoff um, and there is a possibility that a win takes us back to the Premier League. Um, We'll all be watching this together. Godspeed to everybody travelling to the Riverside for that game in Middlesbrough. Bring home those points and cheer the Clarets on to the rafters, I believe is the expression. Um, We will be back. We're going to try and get a little bit of a preview, Dave, aren't we, in between the weekend in between Friday and Monday. Appreciate it's going to be a very quick turnaround for us all, but we're going to try and see what we can do. Um, I'm going to be in Ireland, so we, we might have an Irish, some kind of Irish, um, what's it called, preview, and we'll we'll get something together. We'll see what we can do. Um, so do keep an eye on socials and we'll get something posted. In the meantime, have a fantastic Easter. Let's keep everything crossed. I have been Atle Bromley. This has been the preview short brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, 
Adam Dennett and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.